0: Thanks for joining us at Faith. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and draws you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service or find out more about the church, visit faith.church. That's faith.church. Hey, can we just welcome everybody that's joining us online? We love you. You're a part of us at Jeffco Jail and everyone at home right now. You are a part of our family. Um, just because you're not here does not mean that we are with you and for you and praying for you. Guys, we are continuing this series on Sermon on the Mount, um, and it's been really challenging. But before I get into that, um, just real quick, want to do a couple announcements. You know, we believe in the Word of God. We believe that it transforms us and changes us, that the Word and the Spirit together brings about life in our lives. And so if you've ever wanted to go deeper in the Word, and you've ever wanted to study and understand it a little bit more and understand more, maybe even uh, contextual background, historical things that were going on and, and lean into to some of these things. We have a great class for you. And it's a, it's a course that's called Bible You. And, it, uh, and, and our dear friends and partners, Joshua Nations with Jason and Anna Holland, lead that. And there's different teachers and speakers that come in. And it's, it's really transforming. And if, if you're interested, you can uh, jump on our website, faith.church/. Bible U, and it's um, it meets on Tuesdays from seven to nine, and you won't regret that if you want to go deeper. Also, if you have made a decision to follow Jesus and you have not taken that step of public baptism to identify yourself with Jesus Christ through baptism, let me encourage you take that step. Take it. Sign up. Next week we're going to be doing baptisms after the 11 o'clock service. Let me encourage you, take that step. The Lord will meet you as you take that step of faith. And it's such a great time of, of celebrating. So everybody say amen to that. Well, guys, listen, we are continuing our series from Jesus' sermon on the mountainside. And he gathered his disciples and, and he, he went up on the side of a, a mountainside overlooking the Sea of Galilee. And he began to teach them about principles in his kingdom. He began to teach them about how, how it is that they are to live now that they are followers of him. Now he's got his disciples there but several thousand people gathered around to listen because of Jesus' impact on their life. And so Jesus, last week we, we, we read that Jesus was, was talking about the Pharisees who were the, the big shots of the day. I mean, they were, the, they were the holy ones. They were the ones that, wow, they're so perfect in all that they do. They're so perfect. And he looked at them and he said, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, you won't go to heaven. It was shocking. But actually Jesus wasn't talking about what they do. He was talking about his righteousness that he brought, because we all know this, that we have no righteousness on our own. You can do nothing to make yourself stand rightly before God. You cannot, you cannot contribute to your own righteousness because we are depraved, we have nothing to offer God, and it's by the grace of God then that Jesus came to die on a cross in our place, to take the, our shame, our pain on him, on a cross, Buried and he rose again so that by our faith in him, when we give our faith to him, when we surrender our lives to him, he gives us his righteousness. And when God looks at you, he doesn't see your righteousness. He sees Jesus' righteousness, thus giving us the righteousness of God. How many are thankful for that? And what Jesus was, he wasn't comparing that you need to do more than the Pharisees. He was saying, actually, you need something that isn't even comparable, and that's my righteousness. And we talked about that, and we understood that. Now, as Jesus is, is setting some things, foundational things, it is for us to know this, that it is the grace of God. So as he's talking about the righteousness of God, he's talking about the grace of God. If you were to think back when you got saved, how is it that you actually were, what did you do for your salvation? Nothing. Nothing. How is it that a person can even realize they need to be saved? How is it that a person, how is it because we don't even have anything within us that's of any, any value that somehow we can come to a decision. How is it that what was revealed to you that you needed a savior, that is the grace of God. He did that for you. He revealed to you in a moment of his spirit touches you. You go, man, I need him. And then, in, in our moment of him revealing to us our greatest need, which is salvation, he then offers it with, or gives us a solution, which is his son, Jesus Christ. We ourselves are absolutely trophies of the grace of God. He chose us. He called us. And we said yes to him. But we had to make a decision to come into alignment. And by doing that, we are walking again and understanding the grace of God, receiving his righteousness. And so, this is what Jesus laid as the foundation. And he wanted to move our human tendency. Because everything we do as humans, we look at the outside. So you know, if I said, you know, if you want to evaluate your life, um, what do we think? Of? Well, I think, you know, am I, you know, do, am I... How much money do I make? What kind of car do I drive? What neighborhood do I live in? And, and all these things. What, what are, does my hair look good? We think of the external because we're human. That's our human tendencies, the external. How are you doing? Well, you take a check? Well, I'm doing good. But the Lord wanted to move his disciples' eyes and the people listening and your eyes today, and my eyes, not from the external, but he wants to get inside of our hearts to the internal, the internal things of our lives. And because Jesus is leading, because this is his kingdom, he is guiding us and allowing us to receive from his word something that's going to go deep in us to transform us and change us. And so as God is laying these foundations, as God is is calling us into a new place, as God is revealing to us that he actually came to save us. I I titled this series, Sermon on the Mount, The Life You've Always Wanted. Because all of us have things in our lives that we go, man, I wish that wasn't there, but I'm just going to walk it out anyway. I'm just going to, I wish, I, we, we run into things in our own lives that we wish weren't there. And Jesus goes deep in our hearts today. As he established that we are only, we, we can only be righteous before God because of him. He now then wants to reveal some things in us so that then we can be healed. So I wanna to talk to you today, the title of today's message may sound a little shocking at first, but I, I titled it, Having a Heart Free of Murderous Anger. Isn't that sound encouraging? <laughs> Having a heart free of murderous anger, because at first you know, well I'm, not, I'm murderous anger in my heart, I don't know what you're talking about Jason, I hate you, no I'm just kidding, that's not what you're doing. But this is what Jesus is dealing, now remember Jesus is talking to his disciples I mean, these are his boys. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, like they're all hanging out there. And he's like, hey, I'm going I'm to talk to you about the murder in your heart. Excuse me. What, what, what do you mean? And Jesus opens up this teaching and, and, he's, and, and he, he's helping us to understand that he's just not addressing the murder from the hand. This is about the attitudes of the heart for his children. Jesus is showing us and inviting us to a life that is possible as children of God. You can be free. You can live a life that you actually have really wanted to live. And he wants to help us today. So we began this teaching by saying something to the people and to the crowd, to his disciples. He says, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago... You shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. Well, yeah, we know that, Jesus. Yeah, we did hear that. Jesus lays a foundation of what they knew. Of course we know murder is wrong. But then Jesus begins to reverse engineer murder back to where it came from, which was the person. Where did murder come from? It came from an individual choosing to murder someone. Now, I have to be honest with you today. This, uh, this message about the heart, Jesus gets down deep. He just doesn't get in our face. He gets up in our grill is what happens today. He just doesn't touch our hearts. No, no, he, he kicks the front door in of our hearts and begins to offer us some things. Now, why would Jesus do that? I'll tell you why. Because he loves you. Because he wants you to live a life free He wants you to live a life that's actually what he came to do. Life, give us life to the fullest. He doesn't want you living a life that's filled with anger. Jesus is dealing in this passage with number six of the big ten, the ten commandments. Thou shall not murder. But he's talking about, he's talking about homicide. That is about homicide. A premeditated taking of another life. And And the Pharisees taught this as well. They taught about this and they added that if you were to commit murder, then you need to, you're liable to the court, which is, which is true. But the Pharisees only taught about the act of murder, only the act of murder, only about the murder. They didn't deal with the heart. And that's what Jesus does. It's funny, the Pharisees had all these little um, runarounds about the law. Like what, one of them is on the Sabbath, you're, you, you're, uh, you only could take so many steps. Well, what they would do, they'd say, hey, you know, you could only take so many steps from your home. So they thought, well, let's, r- work, let's just run this thing around. So if I make something else my home, I can take more steps. So they would walk from their home to another place, to a, a dwelling place. They would leave a piece of clothing at that dwelling place. And they'd be like, hey, I got the same amount of steps again. Then they go to the next one. They leave another piece of clothing. If you had to go for a long journey, you just made sure you put layers on so you could just keep doing this. They, they were following the letter of the law, but not the spirit of the law. Of the Sabbath is for you to rest. It wasn't, it wasn't given by God for you to find a, a runaround. And so same way for the, the Pharisees when it came to murder. They found ways to harbor hatred and bitterness and discrimination towards their neighbor. But in their own eyes, I didn't murder anybody. I'm good. They were justified in their minds. To, that, that They can lust after their neighbor's wife. I know because I didn't commit adultery, so I'm good. You can look, but don't touch. I didn't touch, so therefore I'm innocent. They blurred the edges of truth all the time to find runarounds. And again for the Pharisees it was about external righteousness and Jesus wanted to let his disciples know and to let you know today that he came to apply righteousness in the core of who you are to your heart. He wants to give you the life you actually want to live. And he deals with where everything comes from, the heart. So Jesus begins this teaching to his disciples and to us today with the first lesson that he lets us know about anger. He's dealing with anger in our hearts. The first lesson is number one, guarding your heart from anger will guard your life from the influence of hell. Jesus said this in verse 22. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to the brother or sister, Raha, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. So right before this, Jesus said, you said, you have heard it said not to murder. But I say to you, anyone who is even angry with his brother or sister is guilty of murder. Now, there is justifiable anger, there is righteous anger, but this is not what Jesus is talking about here. Jesus is talking about a progressive, growing, building anger that continues to grow and to grow and to grow, and it and it comes to a, a place, it comes to a peak, and in that peak, as it, it's the, it's the, the, the cre- crescendo of your anger. When it does that, it comes to a point of murderous thoughts and words like rakah, which is an Aramaic word that means you idiot, you stupid idiot. It's about mental emptiness. It's a harsh response, not of the word, oh that's stupid you, that, man that's a stupid idiot, it's this you stupid idiot from the heart, rage and anger, you fool when you first read this, you think, Wow, you mean calling somebody stupid is, and uh, you know can lead me to hell because it says that you, you the, You will be in danger of the fire of hell. But when Jesus said that, he wasn't talking about you getting closer to hell. He was talking about hell getting closer to you. This wasn't about this sending you to hell. This is some losing your salvation. No, no. He was talking about the effects of murderous anger in your heart on your life. He was talking about the, the flames of hell will get closer to you. And you begin to see and to experience the filth of hell. It'll be the guilt, the shame of responding in murderous anger, broken relationships, embarrassment, pain. He's saying when you allow this to be in your heart, the flames of hell are destroying your life. In other words, allowing hatred in your heart will kill, steal, and destroy your life. It may not take you to hell, but it will cause hell to come to you. And Jesus is saying, I want you to live a life that's worth living. I want you to have freedom. I I don't want this anger in your heart because I want your relationships to be life-giving to you. Jesus is not addressing this today and and the lives of them to condemn or shame and shame on you. No, no, he's saying, no, 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 no. Listen, this is in you. And I want to pull the curtains back of your heart so that you can actually enjoy the life that I died on the cross to give you. This is not condemning. This is life-giving. But how can Jesus address the things in our lives that are killing us without addressing the things in our lives that are killing us? He does it out of love, out of compassion for you. Murderous anger in the hearts brings hell in our lives because it, actually the manifestation of the anger in our hearts attracts hell because of what's in our heart. Every eye roll, every harsh word and bitter thought and bitter word and refusal to say, I'm sorry, it's your fault, revengefulness. Where does this come from? What causes that to, to be produced in your life? It's the fire of anger. And that fire ang- of, of anger, it enrages your own heart. It's burning. It's, you got a fire in here. And then that fire begins to consume the other things around you in your life, your other relationships. And I know for us, I would never murder someone. But just like the Pharisees, we can justify our behavior and be like, well, I didn't kill anybody. Jesus in these moments is revealing to us the content of our heart so then we can receive his grace to be healed, to be set free. For our lives to be restored, for our marriages to be restored, for our, our family culture, for church culture, for, for our own minds and our own. So that we can have peace and actually live a life that says, oh yes, I love my life. What Jesus is doing, he's, he's dismantling all of the, the, the runarounds that we create. I won't ask you to show your hand, but you ever made made an excuse for your angry outburst? Why did it cause you did this or it's that or him or her or why or what or this it's that, 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 that that's why. And Jesus is dismantling this because we can't have freedom until we first admit we need it. The anger in your life is not because of your dad or your mom or your it, just your passion or ethnicity or where you came from or what country you're from. J- Jesus, no, 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 no. That's yours. That's anger from your heart. And Jesus wants you to see it for what it is so that he can deliver you from it. Because he loves you. Because he cares for you. Because he's not afraid of hard conversations. We are. But he's not because he loves you. He is for you. Because he's a good father and a good shepherd, he's not going to just sit back and let us light our whole lives on fire because of anger in our hearts. He is a compassionate God. That's why he's doing this. So that as he reveals it to us, as we see it for what it is, you find hope, you find healing. And as he reveals it, we can respond from what he taught about in the beginning. Blessed are the poor in spirit. In other words, blessed are those who are humble, who can say, wow, that stinks. Jesus, will you help me? That's what he's talking about. Because he cares for your life, because he cares for your heart, because he loves you and desires to serve you and to heal your heart and replace the anger of your heart with his peace and his love and to give you the life that you actually really want. He wants to give you peace. And he wants you to know that's why he's revealing it. So the question for us today as, as we, we hear the first lesson from, from the scripture is this, will you surrender today? Will you Allow the work of Jesus to move in your life. And that's what God is asking us. And this is it because he cares for you. Because he wants whole families. He wants your mind to be at peace. He doesn't want you, you know, chasing after just all this areas of fight and, and get into an offense. And no, 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 no. He says, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. That's that's from you. So many times in our anger and whatever happens, we deflect everything. We deflect it. We we blame everybody else. And the Lord said, listen, I want you to own this so that I can heal you and give you the life you want. I mean, even in this first point, can you imagine on, on the hillside, thousands of people, it was probably just as quiet as it is here right now. Because Jesus is, man, he is drilling down. And so even in this response, even in this first lesson from Jesus, we're like, yes, Lord, I will surrender. Man, this is challenging and convicting, but I will surrender and I will receive your grace and you will help me. We think, wow, Jesus has hit the basement of my my heart. And then the next thing he says, it's like he gets back in the elevator and he goes down to B1. Lower. He gets deeper. And he begins to reveal his healing power and reveals the things in our lives we need him to heal. Then Jesus, after talking about anger and how this is motivated through our relationships and has broken these certain things in, in our lives, then Jesus gives us a second lesson. He says, reconciliation with others is first priority. You see, this whole context is about relationships. It's about our attitudes towards one another. And he, he goes in saying verse 23, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. I mean, this, this is one of the, the very few times in the Bible that, that God says, hey, interrupt worship time with something more important? A lot of times in Scripture, we, we kind of want to just keep all that stuff away and we, think, we, flip the, we flip it. We think, actually, worship is first and then reconciliation. Actually, Jesus says, no, not for my kids because I want you to experience life. I want you to experience my presence in a more tangible way. I want to move in your life and so he says, if you come to worship and you know that you, this murderous anger has caused you to hurt and offend somebody, you need to stop. And so for us, what does it mean to, to, to bring an offering before the Lord as this was talking? This is you coming to the Lord in prayer. You maybe coming to church and be like, man, I want to be in God's presence. And maybe you just, just, your quiet time and you just spend time in prayer. Let's just use, let's say coming to church. This is what it would look like. It'd be like you wake up in the morning as we all did and you, you get ready and you drive in and you're hoping you're gonna find a parking spot but because, uh, because you're, you're a good person, you leave the close ones for the other people to park in and you park somewhere else. And you come in and you, you, you walk in and you're, by, you're greeted by our amazing um, impact team members who they're waving at you. you. You think they're smiling, but you can't see because they got that mask on their face. But you think their eyes are saying, hi, I'm happy to see you. But you sense the spirit of the church. It's, it's alive. It's life-giving. You hear people chatting around you and talking. And they're talking about things that encourage you, that lift you. You're like, oh, I love God's people. And you're so looking forward to being in the presence of God. And you come in because, man, it's been a tough week, man. It's been, it's been tough. And I just can't wait to, to, to be with God's people, to be in God's presence, to worship with my voice and, and give my tithes and offering as, as an act of worship to him. Well, I'm so excited. And then you hear the countdown video and, and now Pastor Nathan and the team come out. And then they start the first song and you're like, oh, man, this is my favorite. I'm going to get my praise on right now. Come on. Come on, Jesus. And you're ready. You need it. You stand and you close your eyes to to worship and you begin to sing. And in a moment, in that moment, a face or a name flashes across your mind. Now, this is not just a person you know doesn't like you for no reason. This is just not a person because maybe that you made a decision and they didn't like it. And so somehow they got mad at you. No. This is a person you know that you've offended. You know you've hurt them. You know that you acted out of anger and wrongly hurt them. But you try to move on. And you think, "No, wait, wait." Here is the second verse. I'm going to get my second verse in there. But you try. But the connection with God just—it feels a little distant. And the Spirit of God is saying something to you. The Spirit of God is saying. You need to make that right. You need to make it right. Maybe it's a coworker, a friend, a neighbor, someone at school, a spouse, a former spouse, business partner, son, daughter, mom, dad. You know that you've offended them, and they know that you've offended them. Listen to the words of Jesus. Leave your offering of worship, prayer, giving, and go and make it right. Make it right. Jesus is so concerned of the the content of your heart because from it flows your life. Jesus says, first go. First go and be Reconciled. This is about the right order. This is the order. And so you, maybe you leave and you pick up the phone and you, and you, and you, and you walk through this process of reconciliation and, you, and then you come, then you worship, then you pray, then you give, then you serve. That's what Jesus is talking about. The question is for us today, do you need to do that? Have you caused a legitimate offense? Has someone been stained and marked by your act of anger? That it just just came out. Remember, Jesus is drilling down into our hearts as followers of Jesus. We're not to focus on what we can see, we're to allow Him. To show us things what we can't see, and then respond to him by his grace and desire to heal us, to deliver us. This is about whatever it is that you've done to hurt someone, make it right. Because that, the, the, the fire of that anger is, is consuming. Wow, where'd that come from? Where'd that come from? It came from your heart. And Jesus says, I don't want you to be burning your relationships. I don't want you to, be, to, to, to live in this, in this scorched land of your life. I want you to be healed. I want you to be whole. God wants these relationships in our lives. He wants them to be life-giving to us. He wants them to be, to be purposeful to us. He doesn't want us... To be lonely. And, and the truth is this when we act in anger, it, it just melts those relationships. And, and that, that which was going to be healing, now they are estranged from us. So God says, Go make it right. Admit to it. Acknowledge it. Call it what it is. It's important that these things, what does he do? He is looking for ownership of our own need for him. He's looking for us to, to call him and say, hey, listen, I hurt you. I was angry. And I acted wrongly. It's not to call them up. Listen, my intention wasn't to do this. Well, I'm sorry you took it the way that you did, but actually it wasn't my heart, so I'm sorry that you took it that way. That's called deflection. No, own it. Own it. Own it in your heart. Talk to them. I was wrong. I was wrong. Please forgive me. I'm so sorry. That was anger. It was from my heart. That was, I am so sorry. Please forgive me. It's very, very important that as children of God, before we can ever have have freedom, as I said even earlier during the offering time, God cannot bless what we don't give Him, God cannot heal what you don't surrender. And so when we own it, when how do you reconcile? You you say, "Sweetheart, I'm sorry. I was a jerk. Please forgive me." There are times that throughout throughout Cheryl and I's ministry, I would I'd be getting ready to minister, lead worship, and or preach. And I left that, the house that morning and this and this, and I was frustrated about that. And I said some word out of here, and, and so I just got to go. I got to get out the door. And, and, and I get to church and I walk in. The Lord's like, What do you think you're doing? I'm going to minister. He goes, No, you're not. So I, I have to pick up the phone and say, Cheryl, I'm so sorry. I was wrong. I'm sorry I responded in that attitude you got to own it. And every time I do, oh, I feel the peace of God. And she's gracious and kind. Lord knows she would have to be high on the grace gift to have to deal with this dude. But that's what you do. So what is it that you know you've offended and hurt someone? And address him. Deal with him. Call him. Have a conversation. Jesus is inviting you to deal with these things in our life. Why? Not because he wants to shame you. No, he wants to give you life and he wants you to have life. And maybe you might be thinking today, well, uh, well you know, I, I mean, yeah, that happened, but it's not with a brother or sister. The, the Bible said brother or sister. You know, this, this more, they're more of an adversary. So I wouldn't call him a brother or sister. Jesus says, oh yeah, no, I know that. That's why he gives us his third lesson on dealing with the anger of our hearts. Number three, you need to settle your differences now if you can. And you will avoid bigger troubles later. If you settle them now, you'll avoid bigger troubles later. That's why Jesus in the next thing out of his mouth says, settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Now this can be both a legal and spiritual thing, but do it while you're still together and on the way. Do it while you're still in, you have some type of communication or your adversary may hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you've paid the last penny. This is again about the intention of the heart. So this is talking about the spirit of the, of, of the, of the heart that just wants to, wants to pin someone to the wall. You're always looking for an opportunity to, to get something. To call somebody out. You're, you're lawsuit trigger happy. This is about, before you ever think about, can I work this out? This is about, no, no, I'm going to make you pay. You've not pursued settlement outside of court you've not this this is it's just inside of you you're always you're on the edge of your seat trying to nail somebody to the wall something you get something ordered wrong at the restaurant boy take this I'm not paying for this you're always wanting someone else to pay someone else's fault you're always looking for your way to get what you want and you're willing to do whatever it takes Jesus "Uh -uh, uh uh-uh 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 that's coming from your heart It's the spirit of anger he's addressing. And the only way we'll we'll, we'll get it out of our heart is to talk about it the real way. Maybe you're somebody that has to prove you're right all the time. And you are willing to lay it all on the line. Maybe you have to get your way. Maybe you've never admitted that you've ever been wrong. It's that spirit. Jesus said, yeah, you, you may win the case but it's gonna cost you dearly. Remember, Jesus is dealing with attitudes, the attitude of pride, I've gotta be right, I'm... Now, this is not saying that our legal system is wrong. There's righteous legal justice established by God. This is about the anger that comes from the heart to have a vendetta, to have a grudge, to hurt people and not make it right, to sue people and just want to win. Jesus says, Those in my kingdom are marked by my name. And you can have healing for that spirit and that attitude. You are to be different. Because if you you don't, it will cost you dearly. And Jesus is saying, I don't want you to pay the price for that. I don't want you to do, it's going to cost you. That's why I said, Trudy, I tell you, if you you do this and that's your spirit and your attitude, you will not get out until you've paid the last penny. In other words, it's going to hurt you and I don't want it to hurt you. You've got to deal with heart. You, you, You may win, you may win a fight, you may win a disagreement, you may win a lawsuit, you may get your meal free, you may get whatever, but it's cost you. Your peace. You, have, you are operating and flowing as what Jesus says. That's not the life I have for you. You can be healed. This is, this is the spirit that Christ calls us to do and to live out and to pursue. But you can't pursue it unless you open your heart to him. This is the Lord Jesus Christ wanting to heal you, wanting to set you free. Listen, you want, we, we want our families not to be consumed with anger and rage and, no, no. We want them to be consumed with the healing presence of Jesus. I mean, we, you, you might be thinking of, you got people all in your life that, man, I, I hurt this, I did this, do I really have to? Yes. This is, not about, this is not about you doing it with expectation, you do it, you treat people. You, you follow the word of God, not because someone else deserves it. Listen, we, we, don't, we don't allow our behavior to be dictated by other people's behavior. As followers of Jesus, Because he's brought me into his kingdom. And when he brings us in, he begins to heal us. He begins to restore us. I respond to people not because of who they are. I respond because of who God has made me. Because he set my heart free. Because he's delivered me from anger and bitterness and and the stuff that has burned my, my, my life up. He has brought deliverance and healing. And that's what he wants for you. He puts his finger on these areas of our lives that he says, I am, he, he reveals the problem and then says, I am the solution. He does it at once. He doesn't just do want to be like, too bad. See, you're terrible. No, 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 no. He says, I want you, I want to heal you. You're my child. You're my son. You're my daughter. I know, I know that you've been hurt. I know there are areas of bitterness and resentment and, and I know a lot of that flows from what's been done to you but I'm telling you, you don't have to live like this. You don't have to live with anger and rage. You don't have to, to let it burn up your, your beautiful wife's heart or, or burn up your your, your good looking husband's heart. You can just, you don't have to live there. You don't have to have conflict in your, in your family. You don't have to look at the eyes of your son after you've just gone off on him and be like, what am I doing? And then try to make an excuse why it was okay for you to do it. You don't have to live this way. Jesus offers you healing today in his name. You don't have to do it. You don't have to spin things and find just like the Pharisees did and make excuses of why you did this and why you did that and well, it was really your fault. Well, I wouldn't have if you wouldn't have No, no. There is a trait of the kingdom of God that in Christ it can be summed up in one word: freedom. You can be free from anger. And these relationships that God brought into your life to be a gift can begin to be a gift. There are going to be times as you call people, they're going to say, I'm still angry at you. And you just say, I, I understand. I just won't let you know. I was wrong. Forgive me. And however they respond, that is between them and God. Your response is between you And what Jesus is dealing in your heart. So many people are enraged with anger. And we justify it. And here's the issue. If you find yourself getting angry and angry and angry with one thing. Might be a political thing, might be a relational thing. Might, you just find yourself just constantly. And, so, and then what do we do when we're angry? We feed that anger with information. We feed that anger with thoughts. Can you believe that so-and-so would do such and such? And We leave a fight and we keep, we keep building. We're, we're stoking, give me more coal on the fire of my anger. And Jesus is saying, please stop. Let me heal you. And it's in this moment that you realize that's me. What am I doing? What have I done? And Jesus says, that's what I wanted to show you. I wanted to heal you. Paul speaks to the same spirit and same attitude as children of God. Romans 12, 18 says this, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at Peace with everyone, if it's possible. There are times that it's just not possible. Someone just doesn't like you. and He, does, he doesn't say live at peace with your spouse, though that is included. He doesn't, your family, well, yeah. With, with church folks, yeah. With the world, does that really mean everyone? Well, as children of the king, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, do your best. There are times that, that you try to settle out of court and it just doesn't work, and, but, you, but your spirit isn't, I'm gonna get you. Your spirit is, it's, it's justice. And God has brought established courts to do that. This is about your spirit. This is about your heart. This is about your relationships with others. This is about now that you're a part of God's kingdom This is the life I have for you and it's beautiful and it's full of peace. Again, Jesus is inviting his children into a life that's worth living. that's worth celebrating. Worth living and reconciling with people. This matters to God. So in the spirit of Jesus today, the question is do you have anger in your heart towards someone? Did the pain you cause someone, did it come from resentfulness or bitterness? Are you tired of lighting your relationships on fire with your fire? Are you desperate to be set free? Here's the beauty, here's the solution. once you you realize the Spirit's revealing it to you, you say, Lord, forgive me of my anger. Fill me with your love. Heal me from my bitterness. I surrender my life to you. And it's in that moment that the Lord says, that's why I showed you so that you can give it to me and I can heal you, and I can set you free. Jesus is in the business of setting you free from you, setting you free from pain, setting you free from whatever. He just just listen, I know it's there. I needed you to know it was there. So now you will give it to me, and I can heal you. These are the areas of our life that God deeply cares about. Deeply cares about it. Why? Why would he do this? Why would he go through? Oh man, this. Why? Because he's a good father. Because he doesn't want you bound. He doesn't want you consuming yourself. He doesn't want you not living in peace. That's actually what he came to do. And so we partner with him. And how do we partner? By surrendering, and then he heals us. Let's pray. Father we are sobered deeply by your word. But we're also encouraged deeply. God, even it's in the the song we sang today that you bring gardens out of graves. You give beauty for our ashes. But you do that when we surrender. So Lord, today, as you have pointed out these areas of anger, Lord, just right where you are right now, Lord, forgive me, heal me of my bitterness, and fill my heart with your love. Lord, forgive me for my anger. Heal me of my bitterness and fill me with your love. Forgive me of my anger. Heal me from my bitterness and pain and fill me with your love. Lord, I want to thank you today that you brought us here and let us watch this message because you want to heal us. You have come to this world not to condemn us, for ourselves, but to save us from ourselves. And so Lord, today we sense your heart. We sense your character that you are slow to anger. You are long suffering. You are kind. You are gentle and you are a good father. So Lord, we give our lives to you today. We surrender every aspect of our lives. And we ask you to help us and give us the grace to walk this out, and to listen to your voice, and to respond out of humility to your voice. Lord, heal us. May we begin to live lives that we actually have always wanted. Thank you for making that possible. Father, I pray today that we would leave here desiring to bring healing to our families, desiring to bring life, desiring to live free from these flames of anger. But we acknowledge so deeply, we can't do it on our own. We need to cooperate with you. You are the one who can do it. So we lay all these things and we thank you for bringing us into the kingdom and giving us hope in the midst of realizing a lot of things are inside and we surrender them to you and we, by faith, walk out of here today recognizing I have surrendered and I am going to be receiving healing throughout the days and months ahead. Thank you, Lord, for your love and kindness to us. In Jesus' name. Just remain with your heads bowed for a moment. If you're here today and you say, I don't know Jesus and I... I want to give my life to him, I want to surrender to him, I want to receive his salvation that has already been purchased for me. I want to come into agreement with what he's already done for me. If you want to give your life to Jesus, just raise your hand right now, right where you are. God bless you, thank you. Just hold it up high, nobody's looking around. I want you to have the freedom to do that. God bless you, thank you. You can put your hands down. God bless you, thank you. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. The Scripture says that if you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth that Jesus died on a cross for you and rose from the dead, that you put your faith in that work that you will be saved. And so I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And let's all pray together. Lord Jesus, forgive me. I give you my life. I surrender to you I ask you to cleanse my heart give me a new heart forgive me of all my sins I put my trust in you today thank you for dying for me thank you for raising from the dead for me thank you for pointing out the things in my life that you need to heal Thank you for showing me I need a Savior. And thank you for saving me. I give you my life today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand today for His faithfulness? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you gave your life to Jesus today, I just want to ask you to do me a huge favor. Right in front of you is a connect card. If you could fill that out. And when you leave, there are these white buckets. You could drop it in there. We would love to have the honor, with, uh, the honor to serve you and walk with you on your journey with God as we are all walking together as well. As well, as you've, if you have a prayer request and you would like to, for the staff to be praying for you, you can write that on that prayer card and drop it in there as well. You don't have to put your name if you'd like to. That would be great. But we just want to serve you the best that we can in your life. So let's all stand to our feet. And we're going to trust the Lord. To meet us today. And I know today's message was very sobering. but I tell you this, it's life-giving because it's Jesus who heals us. It's Jesus who wants to transform your life. If we can, let's lift our hands to the Lord to receive the blessing of God. Lord, I pray today that you would bless our people who are joining us in person or online. God, I pray that you would prosper their homes. I pray that you would give them opportunities. God, I pray that you would show up in ways in their lives that they never thought possible. God, I ask you that you would bring husband and wife closer together, that you would, God, for those who are looking for someone to marry, that you bring the right person along for them. God, that you would heal people, that you'd shatter any inkling of addiction in people's lives, that God, we could leave here knowing that you are fighting for us, battle has been done and that has been won and that God the work of you is done in my life so God I pray that you would bring restoration I pray that you would bring great joy I pray that you would guide us this year we are expectant of the goodness of who you are to be manifested through our lives so God I bless these people in your name I pray and we all say amen and amen let's give God one more hand today we love Him, grateful for Him.